You're listening to The Worship Review, a podcast which evaluates contemporary Christian music for the good of the church to the glory of God. This podcast is for the whole church to encourage thoughtful engagement with the words, emotions, and ideas in our music. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello, welcome to another episode of The Worship Review, a podcast which evaluates the songs that are sung in church. We try to do that in a charitable way, but also a pretty critical way, too. We're both academics, so we both do research and we deal with arguments all the time. I happen to be a historian, and my name is Colin, my co-host and friend, Tyler. What do you do? I'm a PhD candidate, so mostly I teach and I read and I write. And probably play a lot of video games. That's what PhD candidates do. Is that what they do? Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> what they do. That's why it takes them so darn long. Uh, it's what I did when I, when, I, when I did my PhD. Way too much time on the video games. But uh, now, Tyler uses his time with me to make this podcast. And what we do is we're going to look at a song. Today, the song is going to be... An oldie, Jesus Messiah by Chris Tomlin. And what we're going to do is we're going to give a short overview of the song. We'll look at the individual lyrics, and there are not too many of those. I anticipate this being a shorter episode. And then we're going to give the song a rating out of five. The criteria for that rating are secret, and they are varied. And so Tyler doesn't know what mine are. I don't know what his are. And hilarity shall ensue when that happens at the end of the show you have to listen till the end of the show to get those ratings so tyler jesus messiah this is again great hit by chris tomlin i know i've led this song in worship you probably have too haven't you did you do it when we were at the same church maybe Uh, i've led this song in at least three churches and i think it was yes i think when we were at the same church it Okay, it's possible. That I don't recall singing the song. Okay, to be honest with you, a lot of a lot of um, contemporary Christian songs, like non-hymn songs, they kind of run together in my <laughs> in my head. I don't mean that in a bad way. Sure, no, I get what you mean. We've already talked on the show about some of the tropes that reoccur sure. in them and stuff, and so they they're kind of similar. Well, what's distinct about this song, Tyler? If you could give it a kind of overview, speak about it in general, what's going on in the song? Well, this song is a song of praise to Christ, and it's reflecting on what, and I say Christ, it's funny because it mentions many different names of Jesus. It doesn't actually use the name Christ, um, which means anointed. But yeah, it it's about Christ, Jesus. It's about what he did on the cross, and it's reflecting on the wonderful and incalculable nature of God's love. It praises Jesus and it um, asserts that all the hope of the singer is in God. So there's a lot of praise of God, a lot of reflection on uh, what God has done and a, a meditation on the many names that Jesus gets in the scriptures. All right, well, let's get right into this, Tyler. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross. Love so amazing. 
he became sin who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross. Love so amazing, love so amazing. That's the first verse and a little bit of extra. Yes. What's going on there, Tyler? So Tomlin says, his own description of the song is that it is meant to really delineate between uh, false views of Jesus as being merely a human teacher, a good teacher, and really Jesus as being the Messiah yeah. of God, the chosen one, the anointed one, which I think is admirable. Yeah. Uh, in this first verse, he uh, is clearly referencing 2 Corinthians 5, uh, verse 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So wow. this is the magnificent exchange of really our sin for God's righteousness. If we meditated on that, we could spend a whole year just mm. contemplating the depth of that concept. And he pulls it in there almost word for word. Yes. I mean, very little alterations from, I think you read from the ESV, very little alterations. Yes. And nothing, nothing of substance certainly is removed. And it still reads as being quite poetic, too. Yeah. Um, and then we have this description of Christ humbling himself and carrying the cross. So he um, made himself low. I, I don't know if this is meant to be a play on words, but of course, when you have, I don't know how much a Roman cross weighs, but I have to think it's at least 100 pounds <laughs> oh, yeah. um, on your back. You're going to be weighed down with yeah. this. But... Um, more than that, he, um, of course, he bore the cross. He carried the cross. We'll see later what happens uh, after he does that. Yeah. Um, but this phrase of him humbling himself is is related to a theological term of the humiliation of Christ. And mm -hmm. when we read about, for example, in the Westminster Shorter Catechism, that Christ, uh, in in question twenty three, as our Redeemer executes the office of a prophet, priest, and king both in his estate of humiliation and exaltation, I think we think of humiliation as being uh, related to shame in some way, mm -hmm. because that's how we tend to use that word in modern English. Mm -hmm. But I would contend humiliation, being derived from humble, merely means to be lowly. Okay. It doesn't have to be associated with shame or anything like that. But mm. yeah, he, uh, he made himself lowly. He made himself... Um, human he he was passive in his uh being led to the cross mm -hmm. we have descriptions of his passion and he went to the gallows essentially i love the way that this song opens it's one of the better openings of really any song that i've heard it's among the top of of any uh hymn or or contemporary christian song you've got almost word for word quotation of scripture mm -hmm put to music in a, po as you say, a poetic way. As you say, we've got 2 Corinthians 5.21. I think we also have hints here of Philippians 2.8, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Mm -hmm. It's impressive that anybody can put Paul's long and uh, forensic sentences into poetry, and, and Tomlin and, and any others that worked on this song really should be commended for starting the song with, such obvious reference to scripture, to the cross, to sin, to Christ's work, to Christ's righteousness, right? And then you've got this reflective line, 
love so amazing, love so amazing, which makes sense because of what came before it, right? It, that is a natural expression. This is amazing based on what was said prior. It really is, you know, th- this, this verse is just a few words and it really encapsulates detail, specificity, evidence, a good argument, scripture, the gospel. It, it's just all in there. Yes. I'm, and I'm glad that you brought up Philippians 2, chapter 8, or verse 8, because I'm, I contend that the rest of that passage is also contained in the refrain. Jesus So we now have the refrain, which is Jesus Messiah, name above all names, blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, the rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven, Jesus Messiah, Lord of all. This is essentially a bunch of titles. Yeah. It's just different uh, accolades and names of Christ, all biblical and all accurate. So maybe we can go through them one by one. Jesus being Joshua, meaning God is salvation. I don't know if many people reflect on the meanings behind these names, but it's pretty important. Uh, Messiah meaning anointed one, uh, the one who is God's chosen one to deliver his people. He's called the name of all, uh, excuse me. (laughs) We're laughing. Yeah. (laughs) That's from another song we did. (laughs) We're laughing because that references another, another song. I don't remember what song it was. Listeners, you can... Tell us what song that leave a leave a comment on the tweet that this was posted if you remember what song that was because I don't. Oh, and now it's seeped into my lexicon. Yeah. Unfortunately, name of all names. Uh, he's called the name above all names, and so this is where you read uh, Philippians two eight. I'm going to contend that this is a reference to Philippians two, uh, verse nine. Right after that, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So he's really reflecting on that second chapter of Philippians. Yep. Uh, he's called Blessed Redeemer. So we talked about Redeemer on a recent episode. One who is a savior, one who is a, a buyer back of, of, of a kinsman sold into slavery, or really anyone sold into slavery. Um, they are redeemed by a purchaser. Emmanuel, this means God with us. The rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven. So uh, the first being a salvation, a rescue, one is being saved and ransomed is the exchange price uh, from from heaven, Lord of all. Jesus Messiah, Lord of all. You know, these are all titles, Tyler. And as you've also alluded to in describing them so eloquently as you've done, um, these are also in many cases objective descriptions of who Christ is as well. Like in, in other words, they're... They're names, and they're also descriptors. Yes. Right? Yes. And there's a, there's a term in linguistics called a nomen agentis, an agent noun. Yeah. And so it is referred, it, it is reserved for the 
name of someone who is a doer of something. So, for example, the name Smith. Originally, yeah. it, so right now it's just a name. It, rarely you might refer to someone as being a Smith. You, yeah. You'd probably call them a blacksmith. But originally it meant a blacksmith or fisher yeah. or tailor or tanner. Any of these nouns right. that referred to an action that people did for their living, they've become names. But if we think about what they meant originally, we get a little bit more insight uh, into into uh, what the person did, or at least historically. And so in the case of Jesus, yeah, we have these names, but we also have these scriptural pictures of his work and his person yeah. uh, throughout all of the Bible. I mean, these are from Old and New Testament. It's really powerful. I mean, you combine it with the scripture that's brought in in the first verse, and then the elements of scripture and all scriptural titles that are brought in in the second verse. I mean, you've got you got reference here to penal substitutionary atonement. I mean, it's this is just thick with excellent doctrine and powerful images and titles from Scripture. It's really good. And I, I even think this final um, title, Lord of All, it certainly could be a reference to Revelation where he's called the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But I think it's also putting a bow on the Philippians reference, because then in verses 10 and 11 of chapter 2, um, we learn that he's uh, been given the name above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every yeah, knee right. should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So he really is the Lord of all and the confessed yes. Lord of all Yes, in that passage. It's good. So even an implication in a way of judgment, right? Or of... of of the kind of finality yeah. of I mean, Christ's a, rule. A lordship yeah. that is to be feared if you're not yeah. in his, uh, in his yeah. retinue. Very subtle, but it's there. Yeah. Okay, uh, then we get a second verse. His body the bread, his blood the wine, broken and poured out all for love. His body the bread, his blood the wine, broken and poured out all for love. The whole earth trembled and the veil was torn. Love so amazing, love so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does he say yeah? No, it just says yeah. I just oh, okay. chose to pronounce it that way. Uh, okay, Tyler, so we have bread and wine. I, I mean, this is a reference to uh, communion or the Eucharist. It's a reference, of course, also to the Last Supper of Christ uh, with his disciples. And it is also curiously in this song describing the crucifixion yeah. of Christ. And so he's making a connection that is, um, it's not unscriptural, of course, it's, it's certainly a biblical connection, but it is uh, something that is not made explicit in the proof texts for this. So, uh, for example, in Matthew chapter 26, uh, verses 26 to 28, we have really this institution, what's, what's later referred to as the institution of, of the communion. Um, Jesus says, well, the, the, the passage in Matthew says, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, 
and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, which he had given thanks. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And then in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul elaborates on this and, and describes, um, he, he, he cites this instance of the Last Supper and uh, says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Um, so in, in each of those passages, the crucifixion is imminent on what's coming. It is, it is looming over mm-hmm. the, uh, in the first context, it's looming over the proceedings. And in the second context, it really undergirds the significance of uh, the cup being a, a cup of a new covenant. And so when the whole earth trembles and the veil was torn, this is referring uh, to earthquakes at the hour of Jesus's death mm-hmm. and then the veil in the temple separating the uh, holiest of holies uh, being torn. So that's what's happening here. Pretty clever because you have a reference to communion, which of course is going to make the song sell like hotcakes because, you know, <laughs> it's like you want a song that's, funeral you want a song that's weddings for weddings you want a song that's for baptism you want a song that is for communion because these are things that are done often in a church if you can get if you if your song can be the song for those things you're going to get the licensing fees i'm not saying that that was motivating these lines but never i'm just i'm just stating a reality of having put these lines in it um but at the same time, it's clearly not being done, even if you had a cynical view and said, okay, well, this is being put in just for that. They're put in in a clever way because they reference, they reference the cross, right? They're, they're in this verse, which is talking about uh, his body, the bread, and his blood, the wine, broken and poured out, and the whole earth trembled in the veil. Like This is referencing Golgotha, right? It's referencing the cross. So... Okay, it does mention communion, or it's clearly referencing communion, but in a way which seems logical to me. Yeah. You know? And, and, well, and even graphic, to be quite honest with yeah. you. I mean, he's talking, initially he's talking about body and um, blood, but then he's also talking about bread and wine, and the verbs he uses, of course, these are scriptural verbs, of course, um, the verbs he uses are uh, bread verbs and wine verbs depicting really tearing away, tearing yeah. things apart and spilling out. And yeah. that is what happens to Christ on the cross. So yeah. now, Tyler, there's this line in here. I knew you were going to do this. I knew you were going to do this because we just did this. Out of yeah, episode this recently. Is, so all for love, right? Whereas, love of what or what love or love abstract. I mean, what? Look, I mean, Jesus says in verse 28 of Matthew 26, this is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So he describes the blood oh, being yeah. poured out specifically for the purpose of forgiveness or remission of sins. You mean Jesus doesn't say, I did this all for love? Uh, he actually says so, why. 
you can infer from that his deep yes. love for his people. But but you would not be able to do the opposite, right? If Jesus just says, I did this for love, we'd be like, well, what do you mean? Right. We'd, we'd have to look elsewhere yeah. to figure out what that's less specific. So you see what I'm saying? So it, uh, again, I, I'm not going to knock the song for this at all because there's there's so much context surrounding it, whereas the other song that we did had a little bit less. Um, so, you know, but nevertheless, I do have to mention, yeah. right, that the song just says for love. That That is too general. That is simply too general. Right. I want to almost do a meta critique where Christ has shed his blood for you, Colin, and for me, and we are quibbling about whether he did it for the remission of sins or for love, <laughs> right? That this is kind of breaking the fourth wall here a little yeah, bit, okay. but it's like, um, he does say for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. Absolutely right. He does not say all for love's sake. Um, he's not specific enough, but at the same time, he does love us deeply and yes, uh, no doubt about that. Yes. So we need not dwell on this, I suppose. Okay, and then we have, all our hope is in you, all our hope is in you, all the glory to you, God, the light of the world. Yeah, all our hope is in you means that you are our only hope. In, uh, so in addition to asserting that the sum total of our hope is in you, it is also asserting that there is no aspect of our hope that is placed anywhere else, which is good. It glorifies God, literally, I mean, ascribing glory to God. And then declaring God to be the light of the world, which Jesus, a title Jesus takes in John 8, verse 12. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I don't find anything objectionable about this. In fact, I think it's a fine verse. Mm -hmm. um, there may be some coherence quibbles about how it ties into what came before it, but I don't have any. I don't have any issues with it. Curiously, though, the Chris Tomlin official music video has, instead of all our hope is in you, has the line, all I hope is in you. Uh, I don't think that is hmm. a problem. I, it, I, I do kind of That's... like it when it, we have the first person plural our versus yeah. uh, first person uh, personal pronoun, all I. But um, all in all, I think it's fine. All right. What did you think about that verse? Yeah, I mean... I appreciated that it's kind of a mix of reflection, objective truth about God, and titles, which is what we see throughout the whole song. So we've got the title, The Light of the World, which Jesus provides for himself in John 8, 12. Um, we have the fact that all of our hope is in, in, in Christ, which is objectively true. Um, and then we have this idea of glorifying God as well in response to those sorts of things. So it's just this nice mix of the sorts of things that you want in a worship song, and indeed the all of the elements that we see in in this song as a whole. So it's a it's almost a accurate summary within the song of the song itself. And there's an interesting shift in this final 
I don't know what you might call this refrain mm-hmm. because the the rest of the song has been in the third person describing God. He became oh, sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this turns to direct praise of God. And I like this because then the yous are referring to Jesus. Uh, we, I think we can assume from the rest of the, from the context, but also from the rest of the song. But then notice this, all glory to you, God, the light of the world. So if we go back to what he said about the song in the beginning, where he wants to make sure that people are clear that when he's singing about Jesus, he's not singing about some kind of human teacher. He's singing about the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Now he's declaring Jesus is not just the anointed one of God. I think even some, um, I, 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 I'm not an expert on this, but I think that even Muslims will oh, yeah. agree Jesus was a prophet. He, yeah. he was even a kind of anointed leader yeah. of God. Um, but what Chris Tomlin is saying is, no, 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 he is God himself. Yeah. Uh, he is one person, two natures. He is God. And so it, this is undergirded then when he takes this title, which De- Jesus declares about himself right after saying, you, God. Mm-hmm. So I think very, very good and clever, clever line here. Okay. Tyler, would you give your concluding thoughts on the song? I'd be happy to, Colin. Good. This because it, it doesn't work as a podcast if you don't. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, this song is a scriptural meditation on the many names of Christ and a reflection on his crucifixion and its significance for the believer and even direct praise offered to Christ at the very end. So I would say a very a clear song. I mean, grammatically pristine. I, there's nothing that we would see in this song which would remind us of another song where we can't piece together what they're trying to say because right. they can't even form a sentence. Uh, that's not the case here. And uh, I think we can take his intentions at face value in the beginning when he says he wants to delineate Jesus Messiah from Jesus mm-hmm. the teacher. So I think all in all, it it accomplishes that, and it accomplishes that in a way that's elegant and scriptural, and even uh, artistically beautiful. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself, Tyler. Good. What did you give the song? Well, I am dusting off the old five. Whoa! Da da da. Yep, I'm going to give it five out of five. Aaron Pauls. He looks a lot like an actor who uh, plays uh, Jesse Pinkman in. Uh, a uh, show called Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. I'll show you a picture. Listeners, you get to hear Colin's live reaction. He just has a drug dealer look to him. See what Breaking Bad says. Oh, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, he looks like he could be his twin. Yeah. At least when he was younger. What does that guy do? What does that guy's character do in the show? <laughs> well, actually, he uh, he he does a lot of illicit things. Like, okay. Uh, he makes uh, methamphetamine. Oh, sure. Okay, for the kids. This will be my last <laughs> week on the worship review. <laughs> yes. What What did you give it, Colin? Uh, I gave it five out of five yes. So I also gave it a five. And the reason I gave it five out of five yes is because there are a few songs which actually write into the official lyrics expressions like yeah or saying or sing it with me or, you know, those sorts of little, inter- which would typically be interjections. Um, Chris Tomlin likes to do that, by the way. So like, how great is our God? 
we he ha, in the lyrics is sing with me how great oh, yeah. is our god like that's in the lyrics and in this one you've got yeah officially in the lyrics so we all sing it even though you know typically this is an interjection that comes from i don't know just the leader or just the person singing it or maybe it's a spontaneous interjection but it's actually written in the lyrics mm-hmm. the five out of five yes five out of five yes and five out of five aaron paul's so, wow, Tyler. We when was the last song. time we gave a song a five? It's been a little bit. Have we done one on this? I think we did one on this series. I don't remember which one it was. Let me go to our helpful website, theworshipreview.com. Yeah, if, you, if you go to our website, there is a list of all of the ratings that we have given every song. We paid somebody a lot of money to put that together. So do please send us all of your <laughs> uh, Litecoin and Monero. And guacamole. Um, this is ironic. I actually only have up to oh. episode four of this series. The website so- has failed. <laughs> <laughs> I have to update the website. Um, did we give Death Was Arrested five? I don't even remember. Well, in any event, it's been a very long time since we yeah. uh, dusted off the old fives. Each of us did. Yeah. So. Good job, Chris Tomlin. Yeah. In hindsight, I think there are some songs I would have given five, so. Maybe that's something we can talk about on the on the season wrap up. All right. Well, thanks a bunch for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope you had a great one. We had a good one. It was nice and short too. Short and sweet. Yep. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to the Worship Review. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, or email us at feedback at theworshipreview.com. We accept donations at Anchor FM slash The Worship Review and Patreon.com slash The Worship Review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>